it is a bad omen. The people talk about the Hindenburg omen. This, this is a far worse omen, okay? And uh, you, you guys should have a, a course in the Great Depression. That should be one of your finance courses. Um, and I guess we should be teaching it, and we're not. Um, but uh, that's one of the problems that happen. Basically, it's called an ugly contest. Okay, so Japan's worried because all of a sudden, the currency is moving in such a way that their exports are becoming not very competitive. So they intervene. And effectively, it makes their exports more competitive. Well, what's the reaction to that? People are not going to stand around. You know, already uh, Switzerland's going to probably do something over the weekend. Um, UK is going to do something. And not too long before, everybody's in this game of uh, devaluation. And it is no impact in the end, no impact. So uh, other than it makes things worse. Actually, it depends who you are. If you're running a global macro hedge fund, you know, you're dancing in the street. This is the greatest possible news. The, the one thing that you know for sure is when governments intervene in currency markets, the profits of the hedge funds go up dramatically. Okay, it, it's, it's a sure thing. So all of, when um, the government of Japan intervened, it just meant everybody changed their positions because they know it's not gonna be the only intervention. And it's just easy money to be made. So the more interventions, people have been making this money, the effect on policy is gonna be uh, very nil. And then basically what happens, you tried this ugly contest of uh, competitive devaluations, it doesn't work. What's the next thing you do? The next thing you do is you try a direct trade barrier. Right? So, eh, it's not fair that um, the Chinese currency uh, is so cheap. Uh, I think there should be a tariff or a quota. A quota is far worse than a tariff, right? Because tariff, at least you collect some money. The quota, all the, the price of the product just goes up and the country um, that is being penalized or has, has the quota just makes more money. Maybe not as much, but they make money. So. So I worry about uh, a Smoot-Hawley style, and that's the famous uh, tariff of 1933 um, that basically was one of the things that uh, pushed us like deeper into depression. Um, it's, it's actually a great thing to go back to take a look at some of the policies which um, now um, you know, look uh, just amazingly relevant. So Smoot-Hawley being a punitive kind of tariff situation to try to increase U.S. Uh, exports and restrict the imports. But what happened? Well, there's competitive uh, retaliation. Other countries retaliated. In the end, there was very little trade. Very little trade, and then um, that you know, hurts your GDP. The president wants to uh, double exports, you know, which I think is a feasible goal. Um, actually, our CFO survey asked a question directly about that, and the results were pretty encouraging um, in that the CFOs actually believed that there was a lot of possible upside growth um, in, in exports. Not 100% uh, over the next five years, but 50%, which is pretty good. Okay, we can get to 50%. But if we've got either direct or indirect trade barriers going up, that's not going to happen. The opposite's going to happen. 
right? There's a lot of, and interestingly enough, other countries have way more at risk um, than the U.S. So the size of the U.S. trade sector, exports plus imports, um, is actually pretty small compared to some countries, like European countries. So if there was um, a trade war, um, everybody would lose, but the U.S. would lose less than uh, some other countries. So the other thing that's, that's interesting, if you look back um, in the Great Depression, is the sort of immigration policies, where Mexicans were forcibly deported by a, a policy enacted by Congress. And the idea was that there are people lined up you know, in soup kitchens, Americans not having jobs, and the Mexican workers that had come across the border uh, illegally were, and actually some legal ones too, were basically just rounded up and, and taken across the border and dumped. Okay, so it's amazing. The same sort of thing uh, is happening. Um, maybe not in the U.S. directly, in France right now, for sure. Um, and I, I think that there's a lot we can learn from history. Uh, let me just also add that there's a lot that you can make a mistake from learning from history. Okay, so this particular recession is way different than the past recessions. And it bothers me a lot when I see this recession compared to other uh, recessions directly. And there's graphs in the Wall Street Journal where um, everything is indexed at zero and you see different squiggly lines for different uh, recessions. This is way, way different. Okay? Uh, and, and just the simplest things like, oh, well, this week, the new claims for unemployment insurance, 450,000. Well, you know, it's not really that bad um, because it dropped by 1,000. Um, and that, that is a level that we've seen before. Um, we saw that in 2001 during the recession. That's not really that bad. But it's misleading because you're not factoring in something really, really important, and that's the duration of unemployment. So, so one person going and filing for an initial claim, that person is going to be out of work way longer, historically longer. So there's no other recession that we've got data on, at least, um, that has got a length of unemployment like what we're facing today. So an additional person today is different than an additional person in 2001 or 1991 or uh, the early 1980s. It's way different. Yet people like to compare to history. Be careful. There's a lot of subtle and not so subtle uh, differences.